Welcome to The Drummer's Pathway, the podcast about music, life, and the creative process. Hello, I'm Michael Scott, and welcome to The Drummer's Pathway podcast. The show features conversations with drummers, educators, and other creative artists sharing their experiences and discussing the paths they have followed to pursue a life in the arts. We have all achieved success and faced challenges in a variety of different ways, and through these discussions, we will learn about how the choices we make can determine the paths that we are meant to follow. My guest today is internationally recognized drummer, educator, and author, Stefan Chamberlain. Through his extensive studies with many renowned teachers, including Dom Famliero and the legendary Jim Chapin, he has taken those lessons and dedicated his life to sharing his passion and expertise to drummers all around the world. Stefan maintains a busy private teaching schedule, coaching students from many countries online, and at his studio located in Quebec City. He is the co-author of the books The Weaker Side, Accenting the Weaker Side, drum set duets, and pedal control, as well as written articles for various magazines such as Modern Drummer, Canadian Musician, and Percussive Notes. Currently, Stefan is the drummer for the Carl Mayotte Fusion Quintet, who are just finishing up their fourth album and preparing for an extensive Canadian tour this spring. He also continues to work as a freelance and recording drummer with a wide variety of other artists. In our interview today, We talk about his dedication to his studies from an early age, the value of finding a mentor, the importance of being confident in yourself, and why it's essential to embrace new opportunities. Let's get started. So, Stefan, thank you for being on the podcast today. It's always a pleasure to see you. So, to begin, you have established yourself as a freelance drummer and an internationally renowned educator, dividing your time between Quebec and New York. But for those who aren't familiar with you, I was wondering if we can just go back to kind of the beginning and uh, tell me a little bit about where you first discovered your passion for playing the drums. Oh my God, first of all, thank you so much for having me, man. This is such a pleasure and uh, you're doing such a great job. And uh, man, the drumming community is the best, right? Absolutely. Uh, Well, it started for me when I was really young because my parents were um, playing music already. So I was about three years old when I first uh, touched the drum set. And um, yeah, from there, you know, I was practicing uh, every day and uh, they uh, got me to to take drum lessons. But I was really small, so I remember I had to take like music theory lessons and I I got bored. So I just decided to take lessons with my uncle uh, and my parents were actually rehearsing. They were parts of, of different bands and they were rehearsing in our basement. So the drum set of the kind of professional drummer was there. So I was not really allowed to touch it, but I was touching it anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was so excited just to go down the basement and practice. And later, I, maybe like high school, my high school year, maybe two years into high school, I just decided to take real lessons at a music school in downtown Quebec City. And man, my passion was so strong. So from that time, it was a nonstop 
journey, you know, of taking lessons and practicing. And even as I was getting more professional, and by professional, I mean just like working, getting money <laughs> and working a, a, like a, my, my main job, being a, a drummer, I, I was still taking lessons um, with different drummers. So from that time, I also uh, attended the classical um, Conservatory of Music in, in Quebec. So uh, I was actually taking lessons, uh, drum lessons during the weekends and uh, uh, classical percussion uh, lessons during the week and all the music theory and, uh, you know, singing with people and so many great things. And um, the, the key moment after taking many lessons with great drummers like Vincent Marchessault here in Quebec, René Roux, one of the best, and uh, I was always searching like new teachers, but at one point, Dom Fimulero came to Quebec to do a uh, master class, and uh, we met there. And I um, sat down at the drum set after his clinic, and I, I played for him. And from there, I was really searching. You know, what can I do? And I was only speaking French at that time, by the way, so I had to learn English. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we met me and Dom after uh, his clinic, and uh, he just said, "Man, you just need to learn English because if you want me to teach you and be able to, you know, understand, uh, you know, language of drumming, you need to be able to understand my, my language, the English language." So started English lesson actually in Toronto. I went to York University for a summer for the summer and uh, took also lessons. And it's funny, I, I took lessons with Paul DeLong, Jeff Salem, and Rick Ratton there. And my passion was just growing more and more. And then came back to Quebec, called, uh, called Dom back and said, okay, I'm ready. It's Stefan Chamberlain. I want to go study with you. And from there, started taking lessons with uh, Dom and Jim Chapin for the first four years. And after four years, Dom started uh, reaching out to different teachers uh, like John Riley and Bobby Sanabria, Joe Bergamini. Like I, I had like 15 different teachers around uh, the New York, the, like the tri-state yeah, area. You, you and I are very similar in that way because I think I've had 17 teachers myself. And some people may <laughs> consider that to be weird, but you and I both find value in seeking out education from people who have expertise in different areas. At times, people will often question if that's going to challenge or pull you in conflicting directions. But I usually find if you're seeking people for the right reasons and the right expertise, it all collectively forms together to help you eventually find your own path. Uh, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I had that, that, that period of time where I, I was also like still taking lessons with the, um, I was taking lessons with Klaus Hessler from Germany on Skype because I met Klaus in New York while he was doing a master class at Dom's place. And which is where we, we met, met the there. First time. You're right. Oh my God. That's true. Yeah. So that's where we met. And uh, from there it started, I, I took like three years of lessons with, uh, with Klaus in and out. Um, I wanted to learn more about his technique and uh, the, the basil drumming and the um, Fritz Berger notation and all that classical, like the old uh, tradition of uh, rudimental drumming. And uh, during that time, I, I started studying more DVDs. And, and I know it sounds old now to say DVDs, but I got so many DVDs from my lessons with Dom. You know, he, I was coming back from a, a four or five days 
four or five day lessons, you know, and I, I had like 50 DVDs and 45 drum books and it was so intense. So I kept all of this material and I, I mean, I was enjoying going back to like the Weckl stuff, Jojo Mayer and Todd Zuckerman and Peter Erskine and studying all the DVDs and the books on my uh, own time while I was still studying. And uh, yeah, and it brought me to uh, to meet another great teacher. You might know him. He's Canadian, Paul Brochu, and he, from Quebec, from, from Uzeb, Uzeb, right? And Paul has, has such a high level of uh, you know playing and teaching, and started taking lessons with him maybe four years ago. And we really worked on musicality and recording and. Man, so it's it, it's been a blast. So yeah, man, that's pretty much my my journey when it comes to uh, teachers and uh, learning to drum. Dom Filmeira is also kind of known as drumming's global ambassador, and I've been studying with Dom for a number of years now. We know studying with Dom isn't just about learning the drum set; it's about figuring out who you are, figuring out what your challenges are, and finding different ways to overcome them. He's kind of there to guide you on certain paths because he's followed the paths of the masters, but he treats everyone as an individual and he really helps you find your purpose and your strength and kind of take you out of your comfort zone. So in addition to the technical aspects you've learned from Dom, what are some of the best and most valuable life or business lessons that you've learned? Oh man, it's huge, and I can say I wouldn't be here today uh, without you know Dom. He was <laughs> I was calling him my American father because I I we met I was seventeen when we met you know the first time and my I think my first lesson was at eighteen, so and I I studied with him for more than ten years, so it's a, it's a lot of time you know in 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 a, <laughs> in a lifetime. And the lessons were organized in a way, and you know that it's not only about art, which is your playing, your technique, or you know, how you play the instrument, but it's also about business, the business side of things. And in the business side, you have so many different like, things you can develop. So for example, networking and uh, uh, just doing clinics, lessons, all the stuff you can do, booking you know, bands. And, but inside that, there is the, the, kind of the, the, the personal growth right? Because if you want to be a better salesman for, for, for what you do, you need to be confident, you need to trust your instinct, you need to have a great personality, you have some stuff like, like tools that will help you build that business side of what you're doing. So at some point it was maybe 50-50, like 50% of the lessons were on drumming and the rest of the time was right just you know learning the business skills and and it's it, it was not necessarily in the studio because dom was bringing me to to breakfast with the family and then dinner and we talked during that time at some point we came back late at night and we sat down at, at his table at his house and we we talked for hours you know just, just, just about everything and at the personal level, I was kind of shy, and I I, I needed to get more, uh, I guess, confidence, right, on the instrument. And I guess he saw that in me, and he was helping me be becoming a better person, I guess. So 
brought me to um, to read like Stephen Covey and uh, Tony Robbins and uh, <laughs> his book, The Cycle of Self Empowerment, and from there, which is an amazing book. Oh yeah, you know it's all about empowerment and just kind of finding your passion and not being afraid to take the, those risks because you never really know what's on the other side. And when you're not afraid to take that risk, you're often amazed that it's actually easier than you expected it to be. Sometimes you just have to jump in with enthusiasm and have faith you're going to come out the other end finding your purpose. Completely. And what I, I realized from my, my drumming experience, like for example, if you work on a technique or on, on a groove and you're not able to play it in the moment, uh, it's, it's not a possibility, you know, it's impossible. But if you reach out to the right people, learn the right tools and just per persevere, you know, just practice and practice, you find yourself like a week later and now you can play it and it's something that was not possible and now it's possible because you used your tools and you you, you, you know find out the right information so if we can do that with drumming we can also do that in life and that's what i i you know realized from from dom you know so if you want to get more uh, expressive on the drum set you can get more expressive in life and if you want to get, get more patient or just get, be a better person right so everything is possible and it's it it's connected to growth absolutely and one of the things that i sort of found with dom as well is that he tends to believe in you before you start to believe in yourself. So you have to just kind of put your trust and your faith into it and just understand that he has a vision for you. And although with any teacher, there tends to be a sort of a traditional sort of curriculum that one may choose to follow, everyone is unique and everyone needs to have things altered to help them find their way and so i found for myself i'd often have to get on the same path as everyone else and then realize along that path that there were certain things that just were not the things that i was seeking and i ended up going and following different paths that i never expected but it's all about involving yourself in the community you're completely right and part of the development was you know going to conventions and meeting more people and now from going to conventions you, you expand and you, you realize that oh man i can have uh, like endorsements right i can endorse some companies like in my case i i endorse yamaha drums and sabian cymbals vickford sticks remo drum heads like pro logic percussion so that's something that in in your path it's a it's a it's amazing to be able to collaborate with people and create something bigger together than by yourself uh, only, you know, and uh, conventions, you meet people, you, you, you have to, you, you cannot be shy, right? You have to go ahead and meet people and introduce yourself and tell them what you do in a really, you know, a short amount, amount of time. So that's, a, that's a, a huge part of what we do. And you know, in conventions, I also had the chance to present a lot of books I wrote with Dom because at an early age, I started writing down some of my ideas. And 
Dom had this, but he still has, or this book, It's Your Move. And It's Your Move has many different sections in it. And I started working on that drumistic form section, and I actually wrote an entire book by myself, you know? Wrote the book, recorded some tracks for the book, and it was crazy. And I sent Dom the, the kind of the almost finished product. And he was so amazed, he said, oh, maybe one day it's a project we can do together. And this is actually still in <laughs> still the plan. But he was working on the weaker side at that time. So he invited me to join him with, uh, you know, co-writing the weaker side and then drum set duets, pedal control with uh, Joe Bergamini. So, and, you know, it led me to start writing books and articles for modern drummer and Canadian musicians. So again, talking about... The, the business side of things that I learned from him, that was a big part of it, you know, so I can promote my name, but also, you know, share information. It's a cycle. If you learn something and you share it, it comes back. And because it comes back now, it's so, it's a positive cycle, you know. And along that lines, your latest book is the follow-up collaboration to Weaker Side, which is accenting the weaker side. I just got a couple of weeks ago and I'm woodshedding through it and it's a brilliant book. Oh, thank you so much, man. And this book was written by Nina Para as well. Uh, she's uh, one of our students from Brazil. She's an amazing player and she has amazing hands, you know, and she she was such a, a, an amazing addition to this uh, this. Uh, this new book and the weaker side was actually a follow-up of, of stick control that i had the chance to kind of rewrite right because stick control was uh, an old book and it was written uh, not on, on a computer so every time th they were printing another like edition the quality was getting worse and worse um so i I helped, you know, just in, to engrave the book in finale and have it like in a more like a computer version. So um, Stick Control and Accents and Rebounds are two amazing books from uh, George Lawrence Stone, right? So Stick Control is about developing like the, the kind of the free stroke technique, but no accents, uh, but, you know, going from like crazy stickings. And this is, you know, the book, right? It's one of the best... Uh, in the world and then you move to accents and rebound to apply the the, the molar technique and the pumping motion and all the, the the motions that will allow you to play the accents so the concept with the weaker side and accenting the weaker side was to have a follow-up of stick control and a follow-up or follow-up or working in conjunction with accents and rebound and accenting the weaker side so all the books we, we we've been you know uh, writing are part of the curriculum. Like if you go to the Hudson Music app, you see the Wisdom Media books, they're all organized so they can fill holes in um, drumming education. So there's one book with a play-along book, one book is about technique, one is about feet, one is about uh, rock groups, jazz, so to make sure the curriculum is complete. So that's such a great you know, uh, opportunity for me to be part of that and uh, I'm super happy. I've been studying with you on and off for the last two to three years, and it's been a fantastic experience. As an educator, looking at all of the teachers that you've studied with, what's your teaching philosophy? And 
What are the things that you hope to instill into your students? Well, passion is number one for me. Having fun is the most important thing because even if you're a professional, if you're not having fun, uh, you're kind of, you know, <laughs> if you don't have fun, do something else. You know, the goal of, <laughs> of drumming and playing music, to me at least, is to have fun. And um, when I, I have a, a new student, I build a personalized program. That's my approach uh, with all the different sections. So, for example, some people will come here and say, oh, I want to... I want to improve my uh, hand technique. So now I'm going to build a program with, I don't know, five, six different books and DVDs. And then when we start the coaching session, we always record um, video and audio. And then someone can come here and say, oh, I want to be a, a, improve my jazz and my rock playing. Now it's, it's getting interesting because now I can add a little bit of reading. So we go into classical reading books, rudimental books as well. We go into some jazz books, uh, pedal control. So I'm going to just reach, you know, a, reach out and get all the books that can be uh, you know, in the program to make them uh, achieve their goals. But you know how it is. You, know, you can practice and practice for years and become a good drummer who practices, right? You're not necessarily becoming a great musician or a good you know, performer. And the goal when you play on the pad and you play uh, and you practice books, it's to become a great musician. So to me, philosophy is to connect, create a bridge between education, performance. And we have all the tools today to do that. We, we have all the tools. If you start playing uh, some of the art of Bob drumming by John Riley, then you have some play along tracks just with bass. You have play along tracks for, for, for jazz. Now you, you have apps where you can actually remove drum, the drums and add the click. And this is so great. And I will record a lot of uh, my students so they can hear their playing and what they learned from the techniques and the books in a real musical situation. And to me, that's where the fun starts. Like I've been playing with with this amazing band with Carl Mayotte Fusion Quintet. And we actually, this is big news, and you're the first one I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell. It's, it's gonna be on Hudson, but we're gonna be releasing a play-along book for drum and bass uh, of music of Carl Mayotte. So that's another tool that we have today, that people can study the music and then become the drummer of the band. You know, that's, uh, that's super exciting. So I've caught your set with the Carmayotte band at the Ralph Angelillo drum festival in Quebec last year. There's an incredible dynamic between all the players in the band and his writing is outstanding. Both of the albums that you have released with the band are incredible. You're getting really close to starting a tour as well. Man, this band is such a, it's, it's a great story because we met four years ago. I wasn't the original drummer, but Carl was about to record his first uh, album at Michel Cusson's studio. Michel Cusson is a great uh, Quebec uh, uh, guitar player. He was in UZEB with Paul Bruchu, actually. And um, he called me like two weeks before <laughs> recording. And uh, I joined the band there, did the first album, and then I started playing with them. And we played, man, so many shows. And during the pandemic, we had the chance to win the um, Jazz Revelation, Radio Canada Revelation Jazz, which is a French um, 
kind of prize. Uh, it's a recognition, so kind of jazz band of the year by Radio Canada, um, which is, I think, CBC maybe in, uh, in Canada, right? So we won that. So because of that, we started recording shows. So instead of playing shows, because we weren't allowed, right, because of COVID, so we started recording shows. And we played so many shows. And like this year, um, Carl won uh, the La Disque, which is like the Junos of, of Canada, of Quebec. So this is a great uh, also uh, way to uh, promote your band. <laughs> so man, we played so many shows and now it's exciting because this year we're starting to go uh, like outside Quebec. So we're going in different places in Canada. So we're going to be in near Ottawa. We have actually three tours. So one, we're going to do Montreal, Ottawa and around that. Then we have Toronto and around you know, the Toronto area. And then we're going for, for about two weeks in Vancouver, and uh, we're going to play some shows there. So it's really exciting, man. It's really, really exciting. And I had a chance in my life to do a lot of clinic uh, uh, in other countries, right? So, but I was always traveling by myself. <laughs> and it's going to be my first time traveling with a band. So I'm so glad we're all, we're all great friends. We have so much fun. Uh, not only playing together, but you know, in <laughs> just having fun traveling together. So uh, I'm super excited, man. It's a fantastic band, so I recommend everyone gets out to see them. I wanted to go back just a little bit. You were talking a little bit about the art of bop drumming by John Riley, and years ago you spent some time at the Manhattan School of Music, where you got to connect with John Riley as a student. And I was wondering what that experience was like. It was great. And I went to Manhattan. It was at that time when I was studying with Dom. He started just sending me to different teachers. And John Riley and Bobby were just teaching at Manhattan School of Music. Um, so I, I had the chance to go there and learn from both of them. And when I met John, my jazz playing was not uh, mature yet. So I, I was able to play all the books, but musically speaking, I was not playing a lot of jazz. And I was like 20. So it's been, it's been like, man, it's been, it's been years. So it's been a long time. But he got me into, first of all, transcripts, like transcribing some of the great solos and comping from the great jazz legend. And uh, he got me into learning more about forms. And we were actually sitting down with a, a, a record and playing one song from, I don't know, Max Roach, for example, and just studying the music around uh, the drum set playing. So it was really a musical learning experience. And of course, I was just uh, a fan of uh, Bill Stewart. And Bill took some lessons with, with John. So John had a lot of licks. So, of course, we did a lot of uh, comping exercises, licks, stuff like, uh, oh, to me, it's, it was like chocolate, you know, it's just so much fun. But he took the time to really look at the vegetables, if I may say, you know, the important stuff about music. And as a student myself, particularly working with you, one of the things that I've often expressed was the challenge of transitioning from the technical aspects of the books into the practical musical applications of the things that you've learned. It's really easy to get caught up in the curriculum and then forget 
why you've learned all of these things in the first place. I kind of went from having a unique identity as a player to being a very schooled musician that was starting to lose who I was as a player. And now I've started to gravitate back to finding my artistic way, but with the confidence of the skills that I've learned up to that point. It's really easy to get caught up in the technical aspect of things. So it's important for any musician in any particular style to always balance the, the technical aspect of learning as well as music. I remember taking a lesson with Mark Kelso, one of the most respected drummers in the Toronto area. You know, he was a professor at Humber College, and he was telling me once that he'll put a drum chart on the stand and it'll get you to play it. But before he'll play it, he makes you sing it. And he said, the problem is everyone sounds like a drummer. You're basically going, da, 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 da. And it's very non-musical. So before he actually play the chart, you actually have to sing the chart. And he kind of wants you to think along the lines of being like a saxophone player or other musicians. It's all about the phrasing and the, and the touch. You can spend a lot of time on a practice pad, but as soon as you sit behind a drum set, it's a completely different experience and you really need to find that balance. So I often find for my own practicing now, even if I'm working in a technical exercise, I try and have music or loops in the background so that there's a sense of time and feel, but it allows me to change my touch and my approach. In the end, it's about the passion and the music. So I think it's really important to kind of make sure you find that that balance. And as an educator yourself, you're really good at that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, man. And as I, I'm freelancing because playing with Carl, it's, it's a different experience because we're composing music together, you know, but I still get like lead sheets when he, he like brings a new song. So I have to go from a lead sheet with, you know, notes and chords and, you know, create something on it. But generally speaking, I, I do a lot of freelance gigs and man, I get real, right, I get lead sheet, like real book stuff you know, all the time. So, you know, at the beginning of pandemic, um, I was, man, I, I studied like marimba and uh, xylophone, but years ago, I decided to buy a piano and go back to, you know, music theory and uh, harmony and stuff like that. So. I started practicing piano and I found that my drum, my, my drum playing, my drumming was so much better understanding chords and, you know, how to read music in general instead of just reading drumming. And I would recommend that to all my students or everybody, you know, just to every drummer to learn a different instrument and read a, a like music charts. So when you get the music, it's easier for you to make the connection. How am I going to in interpret, you know, to do my own interpretation you know, of the music? So it's super important. And I know Mark is, a, is really good at that. It's important to be a musician and not just a drummer. That's one of the things that really adds value to the people that we work with. And it's important to have that identity that makes you a unique and special individual. If you look back now, when you were younger, you've got goals ahead in terms of things that you want to achieve. But over time, we know that our goals have changed. What are some goals 
that you have now that you hope to achieve that five years ago weren't things that you had even considered at that point? I feel like because I, I found my passion at a really young age and I met Dom at really young, young, young age too, you know, uh, I knew I, I wanted to build my career and improve my playing at the same time and just you know, always grow. Like uh, Tony Robbins, say, can I like constant and never ending improvement, right? So that's a little bit every day, if you practice, if you teach, if you play music. And now in, in my life, I look at my life and it's such a fun life. It's <laughs> so much fun. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, I teach, I don't know, the three students today. Then I go to the sound check and I play the gig and tomorrow I do a a clinic a conference in a school and then I do a music store clinic and then oh now nah, I need to write write the, uh, the new book or a couple of articles and oh no that's right now I I need to, to practice today as well and I so it's always it's a musical life and I feel like I just want to keep pushing that thing you know I just want to keep pushing every section of the career and it it fulfills me, you know, my, my personal life. And people ask me sometimes, do you have passion, like something, like it's not drumming? Like, do you do other other things in life? And of course, yes, I love like movies and, you know, go, you know, take a walk and stuff like, like that, you know, regular stuff. But because drumming is my passion, I find myself late at night after a day of intense teaching, drumming and performing. And now I maybe took a, a 30 minute break you know and i'm like oh now i'm gonna go on drumeo and watch some uh, some clips because now it's free time so i'm gonna do something i, I love or oh, love or i go on youtube research some some drummers that i like <laughs> so it's great because then I, i'm still learning and i bring that to my teaching and my <laughs> playing the week after but but i'm so much into drumming it fulfills me you know it's often said that some of the greatest lessons we ever learn are reflecting back on some of the biggest mistakes we've ever made. What are some of the mistakes that you've made throughout your career and, and how did you overcome them in order to better yourself? I think when you're studying, I'm coming from a, a uh, the school world, right? The, the books and uh, education, lessons, techniques, and I, I did that for so many years before I became a professional drummer per se. Even if I was making a living with, with drumming, I was still in the process of learning. I was still a, kind of a, not a, a, a professional, professional per se in, in my job, right? I was using the job to learn but I feel I wasn't really there. And it brought me to play with some amazing musicians when I started and make so many mistakes. Like, for example, started going to jazz jam sessions, but not knowing the, the standards and not knowing the form. So I was playing from a kind of a, a book mentality, like just going ting to ting, ting to ting, ting to ting from beginning to the end, just comping with what I was listening, you know? <laughs> I didn't realize like, oh, that's the theme, and then they're gonna play solos over that chorus, and they're you know, I didn't know that. So that was kind of a, maybe not a mistake, but that was definitely something, uh, a learning experience that people started saying, hey, this guy, he doesn't play. I mean, he's good 
drummer, but he's not a good musician. Um, same thing happened, you know, when I started playing uh, corporate gigs, like pop gigs, when I had to to do like uh, clicks and sequences and start the sequence and then play the next song and then read at the same time, look at the people, not keep my, my head, you know, on, on my iPad, stuff like that. The first gigs I did, man, it was terrible. <laughs> I did a terrible job and I blew it, man. It was crazy. I made mistakes. I had to stop the, the tracks. I had, oh man, it was crazy. But every time I was doing something new, like a new musical experience or a new style, that was like, oh my God, now I want to learn more. I want to go back and know what I should practice now, know how I should spend my time and get better at those important things so I can become a real professional in these areas. Yeah. So not being just an amazing advanced student with so many tools, but not knowing how to use them. So I guess that will be <laughs> my answer. Just first experiences. You know, and one of the things that we both know from our experience is that the greatest confidence builder when doing this sort of work is preparation. If you are prepared and you're ready to go, you can walk in with the confidence and you can be focused on getting the result that you want. And it becomes fun. We've all done gigs we thought would be easy. So we didn't properly prepare for them. And in the end, it ended up being a stressful experience, even if the technical aspect of the music that we're playing wasn't particularly challenging. It's always important when you're looking at taking on any job in order for the clients to be happy and for yourself to be fulfilled, you have to put that preparation in. Oh, yes. And I, I believe like if you're studying to uh, in, I don't know, uh, to become a cook. You start, you learn from school and you cook things, you learn the ingredients and how to make a recipe and and then you start practicing and you practice at home and you <laughs> you have great teachers. At some point you're going to have to go out and start cooking for, you know, more people. And from there, you're going to start learning because some people will not love it. Some people will say, oh, too much salt or too. And then you, you learn and one day you might create your own recipes or you have open your own restaurant. But the, the process is to get the information at school and schooling can, can be private or an official school. It's fine. But from there, you need to get experience. And that's the key. That's the key. So just say, staying in your basement and practicing by yourself is just maybe, I don't know, 50% of what you should do. So that's why I always tell my students, if you can, you want to play some jazz, put together like a, a jazz trio, take the real book and start, you know, playing and book a gig, go perform for people, start slow, start, you know, small, but that will grow. Same thing, if you want to play rock music, yes, schooling is important, but as soon as you can, put a band together. Play, 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 because that's when it starts. That's playing, it's, it's the best. Your schooling, your real schooling starts when you start playing and performing, right? What have you yet to accomplish in your career that you have not yet had the opportunity to do? Such a great question. Uh, 
I don't feel like there's something missing in my life. I feel like I'm really fulfilled and, uh, you know, I, I feel like my, my, might be my desire to inspire more people with what I'm learning. Because I, I really understand that music is not just a personal journey. It starts with private victories, right? It starts with you becoming better at everything you do. But if it stays only you, the value of what you're doing is not that high. You can become like super advanced, but if you don't share it, share your passion, teach. That's why teaching is so important to me. If you start teaching and helping the world with your talent, it creates that positive cycle that makes more sense to me. And now I'm, I'm, I'm growing from giving. It's like you give, you grow more. You give more, and because you give more, you get more. When you get more, same thing happens. You get better, and then we, you can share more. So I have students who's been, you know, they've been with me for, for 20 years, man, this is crazy. And I, sometimes I, I stop and I say, why are they still with me? And I think it's because I'm still learning and growing. And because I kept growing throughout the years, I was able to give more by having more. So I think that's the, that's the key. I think that's an excellent perspective. Now that we're at the beginning of 2023, we've already talked about the upcoming tour with the Carl Mayotte band and potential new Hudson release. Is there anything else that you have in the works that you're looking forward to seeing materialize this year? I'm, I have a couple of records I'm working on. I'm going to be recording with Francis Grégoire uh, in February. So that's something new that's going to be out. With Carl, we have our uh, fourth album, actually. It's going to be a Brazilian slash Cuban slash fusion <laughs> album. So it's uh, in, um, in, in editing right now. So that's something really exciting we're going to be releasing. And, you know, if people want to know more about what I, I do, my website, stephanchamberlain.com, is always updated and um, always fresh. And I'm on Instagram, I am on Facebook, I have an um, artist page. So everything I do, and you know how music is, you know, we know it's going to come, but I love knowing and not knowing at the same time. I, I just feel like it's super exciting to be open that everything can, can happen, you know, it's endless possibilities. So if you stay open in your heart, in your, in your mind, you never know where it's going to bring you. I think that's a fantastic place to end. So I just want to thank you for your time today. It's always a pleasure to connect. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all of the things that you get to accomplish this year. As always, all of the best. And I can't wait to connect with you again for another lesson soon. So I appreciate your time today. Oh, Man, thanks for inviting me. Uh, what you're doing is amazing. And when we said sharing, that's a huge part. You know, that's a huge part. And you're sharing passion and bringing drummers together. That's a huge thing. And you never know who's going to be listening. And sometimes one thing we have said might 
change a perspective and give a more positive thing in someone's life. If it's one thing, it's worth, you know, all of the work. Absolutely. It's a great perspective. <laughs> I appreciate your time and we will connect again soon. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And you, my friend, you amazing. Woo! You've been listening to the Drummer's Pathway podcast. Please share and subscribe to get the word out. And let's keep the discussion going. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time.